So I said to the driver, you happened to be my mum, you need to move forward. I was 36 weeks pregnant at the time and yeah, my mum accidentally hit me with the car and I went flying into the back of a white van and I just fell to the floor. True Trauma Tales, treating life-changing injuries at the Leeds Major Trauma Centre. Broken the lower femur of my left knee. I'd had an open fracture of my right tibia. A few broken ribs and a bust elbow, as well as being 36 weeks pregnant. I didn't care about what had happened to me. I just wanted to know that this long thought after baby was okay. She would have gladly have swapped places with me in a heartbeat. You know, hearing your own mother scream and not being able to comfort a child. As a parent, how do you overcome knowing that you've hurt your child like that? Every day she just wishes it was her and not me. Hello and welcome to True Trauma Tales, where we tell the stories of six people who have been treated at Leeds Major Trauma Centre following life-changing accidents. In this episode, we meet Vicky, who at 36 weeks pregnant was accidentally run over by her own mum. We're also going to meet Dave from Day One Trauma Support as we talk about Vicky's accident and the vital role that Day One had on her recovery. We're going to look at the effect the accident had on Vicky's entire family and how they were supported by the charity emotionally, physically, psychologically and financially, as well as the aspirations that Day One has to be available to every single patient at every major trauma unit in the country. So the 6th of January, it just been after the 2015 floods in York, so everywhere was really wet and miserable. I was going to work. I got a lift to work, and as I got out, I noticed that the car in the car park at Clifford's Tower in York was over the line, so I said to the um, the driver who happened to be my mum, uh, you need to move forward. And um, I was 36 weeks pregnant at the time, and not really sure what happened. And yeah, my mum accidentally hit me with the car um, into my lower limbs, um, got my foot stuck in one of the many potholes that there are in that car park and I went flying into the back of a uh, stationary white van quite hard um, and yeah I, I just fell to the floor and at the time I didn't actually realise how bad injuries I sustained I was just more in the case of my baby that was all I was bothered about um I was obviously 36 weeks pregnant I was actually due to go to the hospital that day to have a scan because he was um in a breech position so that was that's all I thought I had to do after I went to work was just to go to that appointment make sure everything was all right so obviously my first baby so I just wanted to make sure it was everything okay and then my life got turned upside down in a matter of like three seconds I have a lot of gaps in between what happened so to cut a long story short I heard the word LGI air ambulance and I thought hmm that can't be good um why can't I go to York hospital um and then I remember it was absolutely chucking it down with rain and I remember paramedics getting to me first in the car park getting me dry checking my obs and all like I was saying was just you know you need, you need to check if the baby's okay um and then I heard the um sound of the helicopter and I was quickly put into the helicopter and 
literally felt like I was in there minutes. It was like no sooner had we taken off, it was like we're here, landed on top of the LGI. I just remember seeing big bright of light because it was a lot clearer over in Leeds. And then next moment I was, you know, stretched down and then into this room where I was just surrounded by all these medical professionals and I was just, it was a bit overwhelming because obviously you're on a stretcher, you can't move, you, you you don't know what the hell's going on, all these people talking to me and I, I, was, I was, yeah, my number one concern was just I need to know if my baby's okay because it's not, at the time I didn't know what I was having but it hadn't moved. Um, And then that's when we went through the whole injuries I sustained um, and then as it turned out, I'd fractured my pelvis in four places, broken the lower femur of my left knee, which was just pretty much shattered. And then I'd had an open fracture of my right tibia, a few broken ribs and a bust elbow, as well as being 36 weeks pregnant. Yeah, and it was very much, I was in hospital for... First time round, at seven, seven to eight weeks, because we had to um, had to have Samuel that night. He, he luckily was born okay, a little bit premature, so he went off to the. Um, I think he was the biggest baby in the baby unit at the time, and he was he's quite famous little chap because he's the only one who's been born at Leeds in the major trauma theatres, unless that's changed. Um, so it was kind of like a unique story. My husband and my baby at the time was living with me on the major trauma ward in the in the unix I wanted just to keep us together as a family and and it was just a kind of um processing everything that had happened how long my recovery was going to take the number of operations that I've had what a difficult start to becoming a parent not ideal met him in intensive care not ideal at all um yeah especially when it's your first as well because you have all these plans you know having your baby, what kind of birth are you going to have? Looking forward to having maternity time off with him. And yeah, I didn't, I didn't get any of that. It was all ruined really, basically. Yeah. But um, yeah. it could have been a lot worse. Thank goodness he's here. And, um, looking back at the time, I probably wouldn't have said this now, but, you know, my injuries, you know, I was very lucky. My legs are, well, they're not okay. I mean, I'm, I'm in pain every single day, but I'd take the pain not having any more um extensive injuries than what I had done it was a long process and a lot of setbacks it wasn't just a case of waiting and for him to heal I had a lot of bumps down down the way um so my left knee's been it will never be right it's left me with not having full mobility in my knee which you don't realize so little simple things like kneeling down to do like change nappies and stuff I can't do that and it's you know my head saying oh just bend down will you and my knee's like no I can't <laughs> I just can't do that. <laughs> so yeah, like not be able to run. You know, it's little things that you you just take for granted, really. But uh, yeah, it was uh, in and out of hospital. I think I've tracked over twenty operations over the last six years. Numerous scars, scars that tell a story. Looking back, I don't know how I got through it, really. But I had a great team around me, and both at the hospital and and my family. Um, it's interesting that you spoke about how. You know, the second that you arrived at the hospital, there was this giant team of people. And it's the kind of thing that we don't really see a lot in, in other 
other areas of, of healthcare, you might visit one person, then you might get introduced to them, the next person down the line. But this whole team who are there focused on one person and every single thing that that person needs, it's quite extraordinary. Yeah, it, it was quite overwhelming, really, because I'd I, naively, I'd, you know, I, when they told me the, the, the number of injuries I had, I was in a bit of shock, really, because I must have gone into the fight or flight mode or whatever the, the term is, because I just remember just looking up at these people and they're obviously bending over to me because I mean, I've got this big bump in the way. Um, you know, at the time saying, can't give me painkillers, I'm pregnant. And they were like, well, I think you might need some, you know. I think I was completely naive. Um, <laughs> just asking me loads of questions. But I, I, even now, I, I, it's like I've got a mental block. I, I can't remember. I can't remember at that moment the pain that I was in. I'm feeling at that time I'm on my own. I'm waiting, you know, I didn't know where my, if my husband knew, you know, obviously my mum was involved in the accident, so she wasn't allowed to accompany me to the hospital. So I was completely on my own for for a while, not knowing, you know, and I'm, you know, you, you do, you panic. I think I was an interesting case. I was in a unique case, pregnant with Samuel. And I imagine, you know, yes, you, you'll be a unique case, but this is what staff are prepared for every single day. They they expect to see the unknown. They expect that. They know how to work as a team. They know what they're doing. They know what, what needs to happen next. And yet you're there having never experienced anything like this, having absolutely no idea at all um, what on earth is going on, which is then where day one steps in. So Dave, tell us a little bit about about day one yeah so obviously as as vicky's talked about there you know the the amazing nhs that we have are, are there to fix people and put them back together again and, and fix their broken bones but what transpires is really the the wider sense of life that is just altered in in a moment you know this this sudden moment whatever it might be whether it's a fall a, a, a crash a, a stabbing whatever that might be in a split moment, someone's life is is changed, and what we often find is that you know it's it's not just the broken bones; it's it's the whole life that's that's being shattered, and it's really difficult to piece it back together on your own. Um, so day one's there to really try and help people rebuild their life after that catastrophic injury. So we're in a state where we've got caseworkers on the ward, so we can be there from day one. We can be there to hold a hand, a shoulder to cry on provide that emotional support for for uh, patients and family members and um, but then also providing that real practical advice which might be how am I going to get the kids to school how am I going to pay the bills how am I going to live really w- with these injuries once I leave hospital so we're there to really provide that practical uh, and emotional support and also we've now got a, a team of volunteers peer supporters who are people like vicky who've who've lived through that been through um the injuries come out the other side and are there to actually be able to provide that support um for patients which are really valuable as i'm sure vicky will understand that you, you can't replace um those conversations that you can have with somebody who's who's been through it you know vicky's case is is fairly unique, isn't it, in terms of the horrendous injuries, but also, you know, that real concern as a as a new mum and 
and and rightly so you know that focus being on 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 Samuel but obviously once Samuel was born you know that focus had to be on Vicky and and Vicky you know getting the support and and the recovery that she needed um to be the best person that she could be to to look after yourself but also look after your family and and be there and and that's what we often find is it's that wider network and and often we're we're there to support the family members as as much as the patients because there's a massive impact on on that wider family. And do you remember Vicky your first um, meeting with somebody from day one? I can actually I remember just seeing Becky one of the trauma nurses and Claire um were real advocates for me and and for Ray and for Sam to keep together because there were times when they thought that having Sam on the ward wouldn't be the best idea. But then they were saying, well, you know, that's a link to postnatal depression. She's gone through all this. You can't just take a baby away from her. And I wouldn't have been able to cope with that. I felt vulnerable having him in hospital with me. Like the little times Ray popped out to get a coffee and he'd be asleep in the crib next to me. I'm like, God, if anyone came in here and tried to steal him, I, I wouldn't be able to get up. I wouldn't be able to do anything. I felt really vulnerable. So having him away from me, I, I, I think I'd, I, I think I would have had a mental breakdown. I felt like they really took me under a wing and made sure that I was okay. And, you know, obviously the new my mum was involved with the accident as well so they really did look after us as a family every way that they, they, they could have done really I was very grateful for that. There are just so many different things going on when we had our youngest child I was very poorly I was in hospital for two and a half months he was in neonatal he came up and I can I can totally understand that feeling of there's this tiny baby here but I feel like I can't properly Look after parent and look after him and even pick him up. And, you know, you were talking about the whole fears about what if somebody comes in, like I can't protect, I can't even move him out of the way. What if there's a fire? What if there's a, um, and I think that in itself is such a big thing to deal with, let alone the physical uh. trauma. And also it would have, I imagine, been so much easier if it was a stranger that had been part of the accident rather than your mother. Like that must just add in so many other complications. So to have a person who can listen to that and understand that and then signpost, right, okay, there is lots of help. This is how you can find it. And let's let's bring it to you rather than give you a situation where, you know, in amidst all of this, you're also having to research, um, must be a huge comfort. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there was lots of um, side to the story, wasn't there? How it happened, who who, who was driving. And um, I think knowing who the driver was, I think I'd have been a lot more angrier and bitter if it had been a complete stranger. Since that it was mum was... I saw her more broken than what I was, you know, and she would have gladly have swapped places with me in a heartbeat, you know, hearing your own mother scream and not being able to comfort a child while, you know, she had to go through a different type of process. You know, it hasn't just impacted me mentally, it's impacted my mum mentally because, I mean, how do you, as a parent, how how do you overcome knowing that you've hurt your child like that? I mean, you know, every day she just wishes it was her and not me. Um, 
it, it was hard for his book because obviously there were times where I wanted to just like, you know, rant and rave about how much pain I was in and it'd make mum feel guilty and I didn't want that for her. So having to be able to go and talk to somebody on my own, that was not my husband or dad because it was even harder for dad in the sense that his little girls just had a baby and his wife, <laughs> you know, my dad would just, all he wanted to do was just keep the family together and he didn't want us to fall out, which, you know, we we, we bicker all the time anyway, we still do, but we're best friends. He was very conscious that he didn't want our family unit to be impacted. What with Sam, what with my injuries and the mental impact it had on me as well as my mum and, and my dad. And then, my, you know, even for Ray, he's like, he gets a phone call, your pregnant wife's been run over and, you know, your child's going to be born tonight. And he's like, okay, I was just going to work. <laughs> you know, so it, I don't know how we all got through it. And am I right that day one isn't just there for the patient in the hospital bed, but there for the family? That's definitely something that we're doing more and more now um, at Leeds. So, you know, we, we were founded by a trauma surgeon. So Professor Giannoudis, um, I, I think might have been involved with your... Yes, yes, I love <laughs> Yeah, yeah, the, the, the prof. So, you know, the whole reason was that, you know, the tra this trauma centre was created 10 years ago. And, you know, it's done amazing work, as you heard about the teams that are involved with it, the, the, the life-saving work that they do. Um, is absolutely fantastic. But what it does mean is that, you know, we've got more and more people surviving injuries that they probably wouldn't have survived 10 years ago. Um, you know, you might have ended up at, at a specialist hospital or district hospital. You know, someone like Vicky might have ended up in different areas. You'd have probably had to go somewhere separate to, to have um, Samuel, but then brought um, somewhere else. And, you know, that would have delayed recovery. It could have put Samuel at risk. It could have put Vicky's re recovery to her injuries at risk. And that's, you know, the great thing about these teaching hospitals is that they've got that amazing team, haven't they, of people that that they could bring in and they could bring everybody in to, to look after that. And, and, you know, so glad that, you know, you, you would be able to get together. Um, but, yeah, you know, that, that wasn't always the way. And I think, you know, when, when Vicky was in hospital, it was very kind of the early stages of day one that we were had recently been founded and that we were just working our way through in terms of understanding what patients needed so it's you know it's it's great thanks to people like Vicky that you know day one's just accelerated and and grown to where it is now to the model that we've got that you know we're supporting more and more patients at Leeds but we've grown to other trauma centers across the north of England supporting even more and more people so we're you know we're forever grateful for, for people like Vicky who've who've helped shape that support and and can you know feedback and and let us know so we can be there now to support family members and and not just in hospital when they come home and I believe Vicky that there, there was some support day one gave you when you left hospital as well yeah so that that I never forget the day when they said oh you can go home I think it was the third time I came back home um prof was amazing and he funded me a CPM machine most horrible painful machines in the world it basically makes you get your uh, knee to a 90 degree angle to be able to be functional. And, you know, I was on it hours. You know, the, the, the physio, the number of hours I used to spend on that machine and the fact that I could have it at home going on it every hour to keep this leg moving, to keep pushing through the pain, to push through the scar tissue every time I went onto the machine. And, you know, that's one of the main reasons I could go home because I had funding from day one to have a CPM machine at home. So I was lucky with that. Otherwise, I think I'd have been just bed blocking, really, because, I, 
I didn't need to be in hospital to be on the CPM machine. I just needed to have the CPM machine. And even in the early days, I was sharing it with somebody else. So they'd take, they'd give it to me for an hour, then they'd take it away. So I was very lucky that I got it funded to have it at home. And you made the decision to continue to work with with day one. Um, yeah, my my husband, bless him, you know, when your wife's just had a baby and got broken bones, what do you do? You, d- you decided to start fundraising. So he had this idea, you know, it's like Vicky's been in all this pain, been able to tolerate these old machines, all these operations. So that he got a team of 15 of them in 2016, September 2016, did the coast to coast and raised a lot of money for day one and, and for the air ambulance because obviously, you know, they need a lot of money to function their helicopters. But yeah, and then we, we've done um, charity cricket matches. My husband's done the three peaks in Yorkshire. And then um, we decided to have two more babies, as, as you do. <laughs> so we've been busy with um, more little people. So we we are thinking of um, doing something next year. So he's uh, having a mastermind think with my brother and my dad of what um, we can do next to keep just keep fundraising, keep the awareness because like it, it's so cliche but you just generally never know when you'll need this help you know I didn't think I'd need it you know I just thought I was going to work going for a scan and then you know just sitting on my sofa eating my egg mayonnaise sandwiches that I was craving for the entire pregnancy <laughs> so um yeah it, it is really cliche but you just accidents can happen in a flash and for me I mean I lost quite a lot of things. My my business, I had to stop working. It's not just the, the injuries you sustain, it's everything else. And day one, have experts in every bit of that area to, to help with. And it's an, a valuable resource that every, every patient will need if they're admitted into a trauma unit. And it's been amazing, you know, the, the fundraising you've done, Vicky, it's, it's just been incredible. <laughs> and, and, and especially, like you say, that you've not done it uh you know not being able to do it more recently uh because you've been busy living your life which is fantastic and that's what we want you know we want to get to that stage where people are so busy that they're they're living their life and 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 back to as as normal as they can but you know that that fundraising so important for us as a charity is as you say similar to the air ambulance as well that um you know they, they do the incredible life-saving work in terms of bringing people to the hospital and, and kind of hand over the baton if you like a little bit that, that we then are there to help people um you know rebuild their life at hospital and and afterwards but you know we we're so reliant on on fundraising um and and the donations that we get from individuals and and companies and and that's grown as well all that fundraising that you know ray and and vicky and everyone had had done in those early days has has really helped cement day one to where it is now that, that we could grow beyond leads and and help all these patients and also with the emergency grants as, as as vicky said there's that unexpected cost which can be a real financial burden on people that mm. as, as you say you, you walk out the door in the morning and, and don't expect anything like this to happen and and especially if you're, you're self-employed or especially now we're in a cost of living crisis people are already stretched and, and living each day or each week as it comes to suddenly have that stripped from you and and having that financial uncertainty about where's the next paycheck going to come? How, how am I going to cope? Um, is, is really daunting. So we, we are able to provide those grants for people that can cover accommodation so loved ones can stay nearby or, you know, paying for car parking and, and all these other little bits that, that just take that little bit of stress 
away so that they can focus on on their recovery um, as well I mean, as the rehabilitation as well as you talked about that i mean that's i mean i think my mum and dad paid in just in the month of january alone a thousand pound on either train tickets because they came every day or parking all day you know numerous cost of coffees <laughs> you know because i just wanted to be to be by my side and it you know that they just become grandparents as well. Le- Leeds, I think, have had um, 16,000 major trauma patients over the past 10 years. Well, there's around 20,000 people every year. So it's, it's about every 20 seconds somebody in the UK ends up in a major trauma centre with, with these catastrophic injuries. So it's more common th- than, than we think. You, and, you know, there's so many people out there who unfortunately at the moment don't get the support that, that Vicky and others have had in Leeds. You know, we're very fortunate, A, a to have such an amazing, incredible NHS and clinicians in, in Leeds. It is the second busiest hospital in, in the UK, uh, second busiest trauma unit. Um, but yeah, there's, there's, there's many hospitals and trauma units out there that unfortunately people don't get that support and they, they are having to try and rebuild their life on their own. We're growing. We're, we're just about to go into our sixth major trauma centre in, in the north and seventh next year. We've grown our national support service. So um, since since Vicky's injuries, we've now got a, an online and, and a, a phone line that, that people can get in touch with. And we're finding that more and more people across the UK I have to find this out on their own. If, if they've not got the support of day one actually embedded within the hospital, they're relying on family members Googling and and, and just searching and, and trying to find this. And, and as Vicky said, it's such a scary time to, to go through that the last thing you want to be doing is, is trying to find and research it yourself. So, you know, for us, it's about raising that awareness, getting our national profile um, greater so that we can uh, be there for more people, that people know that we're there for them and that we can support them um, and just continuing supporting those people that really need it in, in the trauma centres uh, across the whole of the UK. And and hopefully it, it might be something that we look at in terms of standardised care as well in Leeds. It's it's kind of best practice, if you like. We're we're, we're setting the the standard and, and raising that bar in terms of trauma care, not just the clinicians and and the the trauma care that's provided for patients, but with day one wrapped around it. There's that whole holistic approach that just benefits patients, so it gives them hope and inspiration. It helps them get through their recovery. If we can take away some of those stresses in terms of the psychological impact on 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 patients and families, there's proof that that's actually aiding their recovery, which means that they're out of hospital sooner, which then comes into this whole wider freeing up hospital beds, which we know is a premium and, and difficult. So if we can really help those people get the support they need, whether it's legal advice or whatever it might be that that helps with that care and get them out of hospital sooner and onto that recovery journey. It's obviously so much better for, for everybody involved as well. Coming up in our next episode. I broke my right leg, the tibia and fibula open fracture. My right femur, my pelvis was shattered in multiple places. My L2 vertebrae was fractured and I had complex facial fractures. So my eye sockets, nose, jaw was hanging off on one side. That's Grace, who was helping at her family farm when a tower of half-ton hay bales collapsed, pinning her to the ground. To be honest, it took weeks for me to really figure out what was going on. I thought I was just going to stand up and walk out of hospital. 
that's how that's how delusional I was about it. You can find out more about her journey and her time at the Major Trauma Centre at Leeds Teaching Hospitals NHS Trust in our next episode, which is out on Tuesday at 8am.